So something I've learned about this feast day, the assumption, um, is that uh, this is a pretty old celebration. It's, it's, uh, so it's only been uh, dogmatically declared. So that is, it's been declared as something that we officially believe as Catholic Christians. That, that took place in 1950, but there's written evidence for belief in the Assumption of Mary, which, which is, uh, so Mary was taken up into heaven, body and soul, right? So we, we believe that, that those who die in God's grace they are, their soul is separated from their body so that their body remains here on earth, but their soul is brought up into heaven, whether through, through a period of purification and purgatory or, or straight to heaven. Uh, nonetheless, those who die in God's grace see God face to face in their souls. Um, and it's only in the end of, of time that when Jesus comes again, we believe that we will all rise with our bodies and that those who are in God's grace again, will rise to the resurrection of the life to be in heaven forever with body and soul once again united. And those who are not in God's grace uh, to rise into the dead uh, to, to the resurrection of death, the, the resurrection of punishment, um, St. Paul calls it. Anyway, so, so Mary, we believe, is, was when she finished her time on earth, she uh, was taken up body and soul already, that, that her body is no longer here on earth. And like I said, there's, there's written evidence that goes all the way back to like the third century. So we're talking like the 200s. And that doesn't mean that it, it began then, but, but that's the first time that there's written evidence of this. So in other words, it's something that Christians have believed for an incredibly long amount of time. And, and even in the 1500s, when the Protestant Reformation took place, this is something that a lot of the Protestant reformers themselves also believed in the Assumption of Mary, uh, including Martin Luther, including uh, Zwingli and... Um, and uh, John Wesley, like some of the leaders in the Protestant Reformation. Uh, so it's only really a recent thing that our Protestant brothers and sisters disagree with us about the, the assumption of Mary into heaven. Uh, even those who, who originally began to protest the Catholic Church, they still hung on to this, this belief in this incredible gift that God gives to Mary. So that, that's just a really fascinating thing, I think, to me. And, and I think we can ask the question, like, why, why would God do this? Um, why, why would he give Mary, this gift of, of raising her to heaven, not only her soul, but her body as well. And I think there's a couple of, a couple of answers to that. I mean, there's probably a bunch of answers, but, but the first one is, is pretty simple. It's just that, that Mary is the, is the greatest saint that's ever lived, right? This is, this is something that Christians have believed from the beginning, that Mary is the greatest of all of the saints. And, and of course, being the mother of Jesus, the, the Savior, right, being the mother of God, it's fitting that God would do something extraordinary in her, that, that he would use her to foreshadow for the rest of us what, what is to come for those, again, who remain in God's grace. So it, by, by elevating her, literally, by elevating her into heaven uh, with her body, he's showing us, like, hey, pay attention, you guys. If you die in my grace, like, this, this is what is to come for you. It's, it's not just that, that you'll die and that you're, you'll never see your body again, but that there's a future with your body, actually. And in heaven, our bodies, we believe, will be perfected. So that, that I think is, is just something that God is using this, this perfect creature that he's made uh, to once again encourage us along the way. The second, the second thing is this, actually, I think it comes from our readings. So this, this first reading from the book of Revelation, listen again to what it, how we began. God's temple in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. So God's ark, so may, maybe you're familiar with this, maybe you're not, and, and either way, that's okay. So way back in the, the book of Exodus, while the people are in the desert, you know, with Moses and, and all that, while they were in the desert, God speaks to Moses and he commands Moses to build this box, which they call the Ark of the Covenant. So it's, it's in this box that, that they're going to place super holy things. And, and by doing that and by designating it as something that is sacred to the Lord, it's going to become sacred also for the people. 
where, where they believe that they, they actually on the top of the box, they leave a seat available so that the Lord can come and seat, uh, sit upon this ark, upon the ark of the covenant. And within the ark, they put three things. So they put the rod, uh, the staff of Aaron. So Aaron, of course, was Moses's like right-hand man. He was the priest, the high priest, who uh, worked with Moses, who offered sacrifice on behalf of the people. These kinds of things. They put a staff there, which was a sign of the authority that God gave to him. Right? That, that the one who was offering sacrifice to God has a particular kind of authority from God. And so the staff of Aaron was this thing. So again, it's a sign of God's authority. So they put that into the ark. The second thing is they put a jar of the manna from heaven. So you know the story about how they wake up every morning and there's this bread-like flaky stuff on the ground, this manna from heaven, miraculous bread from heaven. So they take this miraculous bread, they take a jar of it, and they put that into the Ark of the Covenant. So we've got the authority of God, the food that God provides, and then last of all, they put the two tablets of the commandments, the Ten Commandments that God gives to Moses on the mountain, right? The law of God. So the authority of God, the food that God provides, and the law that God provides so that his people can maintain something of a good relationship with him. So that's, that's what goes into the ark. Okay, so that's the ark. And then from there, the, the vision in Revelation, it says, a, a great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And it goes on to say that she gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. So who is this woman? Well, people have interpreted it multiple ways, and, and that's okay. For sure, one of the ways that people have interpreted this is that it's Mary. Mary, right? Of course, she gives birth to a son, a male child, who is what? Who's destined to rule all the nations. Jesus is the king of the universe. So this woman that we see uh, comes right after the author's vision of the ark, right? So he sees the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, and then he talks about this woman. A lot of biblical scholars make a connection and say, actually, the ark that he sees is the woman. Because think about it for a minute. When Mary conceives in her womb Jesus, who is it or what is it that's in her womb? Well, of course it's Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the eternal high priest, right? Who comes to offer the ultimate sacrifice, which is his life for the life of the world, right? And, and how does he come? He comes with God's authority because he's not a sign of God's authority, but he is God himself, he also is what? In John chapter 6, he calls himself the bread sent from heaven. Right? That, and that, 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 again, once again, God doesn't provide just any food, any bread for his people, but he provides his son, Jesus, who says, you are to eat my flesh and drink my blood. I am the bread sent from heaven. And then last of all, he is what? He is the word of God. This is another a title that we use for the Lord Jesus, that, that before he even took on flesh, he existed as the eternal word of God. And he comes bringing a new law. So, so the, the connection is so good, right? The, the, the staff of Aaron, the authority of God with Jesus, the high priest who comes with God's authority himself because he is God. The, the manna, the miraculous bread from heaven. Now Jesus, who is the bread sent from heaven. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the law of God. Jesus, who is the word of God, bringing a new law, right? This, this is the incredible thing about what's inside of Mary is, is like the perfection of everything that was inside of the covenant, uh, the, the ark of the old covenant. So we see that Mary is actually the Ark of the New Covenant. And so when the author sees this, the, the Ark of the Covenant in, in heaven, what he's talking about is how he sees Mary. And so it's, it's so fitting, actually, that God would, would honor Mary in this way because, right, just like they, they saved a special spot on the Ark so that the Lord could come and dwell upon it, now here Mary is the Ark where, where God doesn't 
does, doesn't dwell upon her, but the Holy Spirit overshadows her, and then God comes to dwell within her. Right? It's, it's this incredible thing of like, of course God is going to honor that. Of course God is, is going to honor her because, I mean, she, she's got such an incredible role in, in the story of salvation. And this is just one title that we talk about when we talk about Mary. There's, there's so many other titles that we can talk about. And, and so it's the most fitting thing that the Lord God would, would bring Mary, not just her soul, but that he would bring this ark, this beautiful and precious ark, this chosen ark of the new covenant up into heaven with him so that that ark can dwell with him so that he can continue to share in life with, with this, this beautiful creature of his, with ultimately with his mother. Uh, and, and so, of course, for us too, we honor her just as God honors her. And, and we celebrate and rejoice and marvel at the incredible way that she shares in, in the life of Jesus. And ultimately, we know this. This is the, the last thing. We know that it's only because of what God does in the person of Jesus that Mary is really so good, right? If, if Jesus didn't, if he wasn't really who we believe that he was, then Mary isn't that special. But because he is who we believe that he is, then too, that makes Mary all the more important. And so, so as we honor her, we're not, we're not taking anything away from the Lord Jesus, but instead we're actually double, doubling down on who he is and what he's done for the world by, by honoring the very one who brought him into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit.